soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sawing on a fiddle and playing it hot and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're gonna regret cause I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, rising up your bow and play your fiddle hard. Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards. And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul. Welcome to another episode of Easy up his case and he said, I'll start this show. And fire flew from his fingertips as he rosined up his bow. And he pulled the bow across the strings and it made an evil hiss. And then a band of demons joined in and it, it sounded, sounded something, something like, like this. this. Fuck yeah. Get down. Jamming with the devil. When the devil finished, Johnny said, Well, you're pretty good, old son, but sit down in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. Fire on the mountain, run, boys, run. The devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in the bread pan, picking out dough. Yeah. Charlie Daniels band, baby. Oh yeah. The devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat. And he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at Johnny's feet. Johnny said, devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again. I done told you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best it's ever been. He played fire on the mountain, run, boy, run. Devil's in the house of the rising sun. But you're in the bread, better picking out dough. Granted, we don't find no child, no. Oh, yeah. Gotta love that fucking song. Charlie Daniels Band. Welcome to another episode of Bleezy Listening. I am your host, S. Bleezy, coming at you from Woodland Hills, California. It is September 14th. It's been a little while, been a little while, a little over a week since the last episode. 
and the last episode was not a full episode anyways. It was a little bit weird because I tried to record it in the car on the way up to the mountains with my family, and it was okay. I think I'll do a couple things different next time, make sure I get a little bit of a cleaner audio, but I mean, it worked out. It's pretty cool. Have the podcast mobile. So this week, I want to talk about Hollywood's fascination with the devil and in particular making deals with the devil. I recently watched the movie The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, which is famously the last movie that Heath Ledger was working on before he died. Um, I mean, everybody knows he was the Joker in Dark Knight. But I don't know if everybody knows that he also was working on a movie by writer-director Terry Gilliam, who before researching this episode, I wasn't too familiar with. I mean, I guess I was and I wasn't. He directed Fear and Loathing, the Johnny Depp one, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, based on the Hunter S. Thompson novel. He also directed 12 Monkeys with Bruce Willis. And um, some other some other pretty crazy films. Uh, I guess he's notoriously kind of hard to work with within the Hollywood system. He's kind of like anti-establishment when it comes to like how he how he wants to do things. And his movies actually kind of kind of follow that theme. I guess I don't know. I haven't seen all his movies. I now I'm more interested, uh, but. Yeah, so he made this movie with Heath Ledger and uh, Andrew Garfield. And it was about making a deal with the devil. Now, it's a theme that Hollywood seems to be obsessed with. And not just Hollywood. They make a lot of songs about it, like the one you just heard in the Charlie Daniels band, famous Devil Went Down to Georgia, uh, which is just a fucking badass song all all the way around. But also... Yeah, like Hollywood seems to be obsessed with the theme, not not only just like satanic themes and like whatever, uh, which I'll go go into in a second, but specifically this theme of making a deal with the devil. And I mean, it's not even it's not even a new theme. It's not okay. So like basically, I guess it's called the Faustian de- deal or whatever the Faustian thing based on some German. I don't know. I guess there was these German folktales back in the 1400s that had to deal with like making a deal with the devil and they've just been told again and again. And probably that those folktales were based on stories from before then even, you know, but um so it's a it, basically it's tale as old as time. Um and it's a it's a theme that seems to resonate with with humans, you know, in countless societies all over the world. Um, it just permeates our modern movies and, you know, zeitgeist, but it has for a long time. And even for example, like my wife, my wife's religion is like an ancient religion. It's like one of the older religions actually in the world. I think it's the oldest monotheistic religion. And I was reading one of their scriptures whatever book of poetry from from my wife's religion and then and it's talking about the same thing where it's like the 
good versus evil, you know, um, light versus dark. Uh, basically, like I started reading, it, I'm like, oh my god, this is, this is like the theme of Star Wars, and it is like you know based on a book or whatever writings that predate Christ. So, you know, it's an old theme, and it, there has to be something to it. Um, obviously, a lot of a lot of people, if you know any like modern day rappers and stuff, love the theme. They always talk about. A lot of people talk about making a deal with the devil. I know artists like Madonna, Lady Gaga, um, I think famously uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, Black Sabbath, they're all like obsessed. Metal bands, rappers lately have been obsessed. Uh, last episode, I talked a little bit about Lil Nas X, made a video um, right after he gained a huge following of little kids. Then he made a video where he's like literally lap dancing on the on the devil, Satan, um, you know, the devil of the Christian religion. But like I was saying, it's not just the Christian religion. It's, it's literally like a theme that just permeates all of not just Western civilization, but all of just human history, uh, going back, you know, like I said, thousands of years, um, to probably prehistory. And this, this idea that there's a devil or devils, bad, evil spirits, and fucking with us, you know, I mean, it could be interpreted in a bunch of ways. If you don't, if you're not religious, it could be, the theme could be like played out in like a multidimensional thing. Like, Oh, some people believe that there's entities that can jump dimensions. Um, and they can fuck with us. Some people just believe in like evil spirits fucking with us. I mean, you know, that old, thing of like an angel and a and a devil on your shoulder like whispering into your ear trying to make you do things it's like i'm telling you it's like all over the place once you start looking you're like oh my god like there's so much even you don't even have to be religious and it's just all over the place this imagery and these iconic whatever what do they really call it the the different you know portrayals of demons and angels Anyways, Hollywood is all about that shit. They fucking love it. Um, the funny thing is, like, the joke is that, like, they'll sell their soul for it. I swear to God, like, an actor would sell his soul right now to be on a Netflix show, and they don't even get paid that much. So it's like, these people are pretty shallow with, with their souls. You know, they got cheap soul, I guess. But it's like, it's a theme that, it's funny. It's like, I don't know if I really even take it, like, literal, like, I don't think you could literally sell your soul. I know, like, Simpsons has done episodes on it where it's funny, where it's like, I think Homer literally sold his soul for a donut or something. And as always, the Simpsons are on top of these fucking crazy esoteric topics, you know, introducing them to kids, like, early on. But as as you'll see, like, a lot of movies I'm about to mention are, are were movies from, like, the 90s and stuff. And I look back at it now, and I'm like, oh, my God, these are all, like, the same theme of, like, the devil... Um, always seems to be like a trickster too, like not just making a deal, but like already knowing that what you're going to do, like already knowing the outcome and just fucking with you. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you're, you're not going to like, if you're, if you're going into like an agreement with the devil, that's what I think. Like a lot of these rappers and stuff, they think it's cool. Like they think, Oh, it's cool. 
I'm young, you know, I'm going to get some bitches and some money and um, some fame and I'm going to be really big and important, you know, but like the thing is the devil doesn't fuck around if it's real or whatever, whatever it is. Like I'll get into like, maybe if it's just energy or whatever, still there's some kind of evil eye thing going on um, that I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's definitely been written about a lot all throughout history. And I'm going to get into a list. I'm just going to go. I just like randomly Google searched like a list of movies dealing with this Faustian, you know, pact or whatever it's called deal with the devil. So I'll talk about that. I'm going to talk a little bit before the bat. I'm going to talk about a little bit about a new show on FX by the creator. One of the creators of Rick and Morty, this guy, Dan Harmon, is making a new show on FX called, I think it's called My Little Demon. So I'm going to start out by talking about that. And it kind of just highlights, you know, Hollywood's fascination with fucking just dark occult magic, whatever, witchcraft, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of different names for it. Uh, You know, magic, fucking witchcraft. Anyways, it's basically like, it's basically like, it's like the Aleister Crowley thing where it's like, do as thou wilt. You're you're so powerful as like an an entity that you can manifest your own desires. Like you, it's kind of like that that thing, The Secret, where they made that book or whatever. It's the Oprah thing, and a lot of people were trying to just manifest like st- stupid stuff. Like, oh, I, w- I want to get this car, so they like draw a picture of a car or have this picture and they just think about it. But it doesn't work like that. I don't think it works like that. But there is something to like magic, and people that believe in it believe that you have to. In order to get what you want, you have to make sacrifices. And I don't know, it gets pretty dark. Like people, there's rumors that like some celebrities to, to gain their celebrity, like literally like will sacrifice family members or friends um, in order to get what they want. Like they give no fucks. So anyways, let me start with this article about the new show on FX, My Little Demon. And then we'll get into the other movies Dealing with this this theme that I'm going to be talking about today. All right, one second. Okay, so this is an article published on September 8th, 2022, from the website vigilantcitizen.com. Uh, symbols rule the world, not words nor laws. So this is a website that I always reference They post really cool articles about occult symbolism in the media and just all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so this article is titled, There's Something Wrong with Disney's Little Demon and its executive producer, Dan Harmon. So I'm just going to start reading it here. The main protagonist of the animated series Little Demon are Satan and his 13-year-old daughter, who happens to be the Antichrist. Why would Disney produce such a show? Here's a look at the show and those behind it. Okay, so this is a Disney-produced show. Keep that in mind. Little Demon is an animated series produced by FX Networks, a subsidiary of Disney. It stars Danny DeVito, Lucy DeVito, who I guess is Danny DeVito's daughter, um, Aubrey Palaza, 
Other celebrities featured on the show are Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mel Brooks, Pamela Adlon, Rhea Perlman, I don't know, whatever. Um, The executive producer is Dan Harmon, the creator of the hit series Community and Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Dan Harmon did Community also. Okay, so in short, there's a lot of money and star power behind Little Demon. Also, mainstream media outlets have been enthusiastically promoting the show in every way possible. I I mean, like I heard there was a they've been doing ad spots on like NFL games and stuff. So they're definitely promoting this show. Uh, With that being said, here's a title screen of the show. And it's Little Demon with a Baphomet in the background. In fact, the background contains the real actual logo of the Church of Satan, a real organization that exists. Uh, It's the sigil of the Baphomet, the official logo of the Church of Satan, which is like a pentagram inverted with like a goat head in it. I don't know like that. So that's like the logo of the show that they're playing on all these commercials during prime, you know, prime time. So kids are seeing it, whatever. Everybody's seeing it, but it's like subtle. It's in the background. So you don't really notice it. But anyways, why would the actual logo of an actual organization be used in a fictional show? Are Hollywood Satanists using mass media to proselytize their religion in quotes the show's official synopsis provides us a clue so this is the show's official what it's about okay 13 years after being impregnated by the devil played by danny devito a reluctant mother played by aubrey palaza and her antichrist daughter lucy devito attempt to live in an ordinary life in delaware but are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces, including Satan, who yearns for custody of his daughter's soul. So that is what the show's about. It's very wholesome programming. And I say programming, you know, because we know that they're trying to program people with these shows. Okay, so while the premise of the show might sound creative to some, it is not. It is extremely similar to the series such as Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, where the protagonist is a teenage girl who goes through relatable situations such as going to high school and chilling with friends. The twist, she's special and powerful because Satan and witchcraft. It is a well-established narrative that happens to be extremely manipulative by tapping into the desires of young people. A simple, look at the tra- uh, a simple look at the trailers of the show makes one fact about it immensely clear. It's all about the ongoing agenda of normalizing and even glorifying Satanism and the general concept of evil to the masses. I mean, just look at the trailer and tell me it doesn't openly celebrate Satan. Your dad is the prince of darkness and you are his mortal conduit to earth. Come and get me, Satan! That is what I didn't want you to say! This is the taste of what it's like to be all-powerful. Tastes pretty damn good. (sighs) Oh, I forgot about that coupon. I'm just your friendly neighborhood antichrist. Look at me, bad grandma. (laughs) Classic Satan. Okay, so... 
Now, this article goes on to say that I did not watch the entire series, but a simple look at the various trailers available online is more than enough to confirm another fact. Little Demon is drenched in the occult elite's agenda and symbolism. Satan gives the main protagonist cool powers that allow her to fight back against bullies at school. The message, Satan is your friend. Another message, witchcraft is female empowerment. Also, notice the eye in her hair. It tells you that the show was sponsored by the occult elite. Um, What they mean by that is this site always points out that part of this whole thing, part of this whole mystery religion, this this occult religion, um, is a lot of symbols and symbology. Uh, I guess the people who are members of this let's call it, I don't know, Church of Satan or whatever within the elites, they like to talk to each other in symbols um, so they don't have to like outright just be like, okay, this show is sponsored by evil motherfuckers. And one of the symbols is that all-seeing eye um, or the eye on the top of a pyramid or just the big eye, like the CBS logo. I don't know. A lot of logos have the eye in it, but uh, this show has the eye all over the place. In fact, the one eye sign is all over the place in Little Demon. It says, um, Satan assumes the form of a nice, non-threatening dad who looks out for his daughter. In one trailer, we see Satan discovering that his offspring is a girl. He immediately responds that the future is female. By using this feminist quote, Satan becomes cool, accepting, and inclusive. The mom is a cool, badass, tattooed witch with occult powers. Also, she copulated with Satan himself and bore his child. Little Demon portrays occult rituals and blood sacrifices as activities that are fun and exciting. Many other series targeting teenagers and young adults convey the same message. The unholy trinity and an inverted cross, just pure satanic symbolism being flashed on the screen. Is this still entertainment? The article asks, okay, so it goes on to say that the blatant satanic imagery of the show hasn't gone unnoticed. In a Facebook post, U.S. Congressman Mike Johnson described the show as clearly evil. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to read what this dude said, but he watched a commercial during an LSU opener and was shocked uh, because his kids had to see it, whatever, whatever. Um, as described above, the show contains gore, nudity, and jokes about killing babies. Sadly, the show's executive producer, Dan Harmon, has been making jokes about abusing babies for a while. Now, I just read this article, uh, like a couple days ago before, or when I was like thinking about doing this episode and this next shit that they talk about is fucking pretty disturbing. And I didn't, I didn't really know this about this guy, Dan Harmon. And it makes me not even want to watch Rick and Morty anymore, but I don't know. I don't know. Just listen, see what you think. Okay, so in 2009, Dan Harmon created a comedy short called Daryl, a parody of the series Dexter, and it was awful. The main reason? He rapes a baby. Twice. In 2018, 4chan users uncovered Daryl and exposed the world to its awfulness. Alarmed by the fact that people were on to him, Harmon promptly deleted his entire Twitter account. What was the link between Daryl and his Twitter account? It is still unclear. My guess is that his account probably contained pedophile jokes 
A few days prior, Hollywood director James Gunn had gotten into trouble for tweets about him wanting to abuse young boys. But Harmon did not get into trouble. Mass media flew to his defense, and the, vid- the video was all but scrubbed from the net. If, you're pre- if, I'm sorry. if you are prepared to be deeply disturbed, you can still watch it here. And they have a link. I didn't watch it. Anyways, it goes on to say that here's a quick summation of what happens. Dan Harmon plays the role of a, psychiatr- of a psychologist. At one point, he sneaks into his patient's house and says, quote, Thank you for being such a good patient, for taking all the sleeping pills I prescribed to you, so that later tonight, when I'm crawling into your window, I can count on you to sleep like a baby, while I do everything but sleep with yours. Harmon sneaks into the baby's room, takes off his pants, and rapes the baby. Then... Harmon's character convinces another patient that only way to cure his baby is to rape it. Harmon takes off his pants again and rapes the baby in front of the father. The show ends with Harmon saying that he really enjoyed it. And it was... Uh, it says stellar comedy, which is... Uh, I, I don't know. Like, just reading that, I was like, what the fuck? And then they show some, like, random pictures. And the baby is obviously, like, a fake a doll. But it's like... I don't know. I don't even, I don't even think that's funny. I mean, I guess if you watch it, maybe, I don't know. I just feel like there's other shit you could joke about, but I don't know. I'm, and then, okay. So the article is almost done. It says, I'm deeply sorry about the screenshot above, but we collectively need to face some cold, hard facts. Look at this fat pedo raping a baby above. He's currently producing a show about Satan and the antichrist. It has a huge Disney budget, it is full of Hollywood stars, and is praised by mainstream media. What else do you need to know about the entertainment industry and the entire elite system that supports it? In conclusion, Little Demon is perfectly in line with the satanic agenda that has been permeating mass media for years. It is all about countering people's natural aversion to the concepts of evil, Satanism, and demonic possession by making them fun, relatable, and entertaining. Through mass media, Satan stops being the adversary that represents all that is sick, cruel, and perverted, and becomes the dad who looks out for his daughter. Satanic possession stops being a soul-destroying ordeal to become a potent way of gaining supporters. One must be blind to not see that the world is currently being swept by a massive wave of indoctrination. Mass media is making Satanism the only religion to be allowed mainstream, what about the fact that real actual Satanists perform real actual black magic rituals, blood sacrifices, and child abuse? Well, they're trying to normalize all of that too, because those behind Little Demon are big, fat, disgusting demons. So that is the take of the Vigilant Citizen. I don't know. I agree. I, that's why I like this website. Cause they're always talking about like, what the fuck is this? Like, how can, I don't know. I didn't know that shit about Dan Harmon and I seems to be true. So he seems like a weird dude anyways, but, um, it just goes to show you like the type, the circles of these people run in, in Hollywood, you know, and, um, you hear stories all the time about weird shit. 
uh, eyes wide shut parties and stuff like that. But I mean, it just seems it's, I'm, you know, it just seems weird. I'm not, like I said, I'm not even, I'm not even Christian and this it's like in your face, this, and I'm sure it's funny show. It's probably a funny show, you know, but like, it's just strange the the types of themes and shows that be pushed, you know, like this and that little Nas X thing will always like be weird to me. Like that shit was just so weird. And it was in conjunction of him putting out a shoe that supposedly had like human blood in it and had all these pentagrams and satanic shit. Um, I don't know. I, I am tend to believe that this is all coordinated efforts to try to push this, this shit for some reason, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Anyways, uh, now I'm going to look at a list of movies that have to deal with this, you know, devil deal with the devil, um, theme. And some of these movies I've seen and I'll talk about, uh, cause again, I'm just going to read somebody else's article, but some of these I'll, I'll add, you know, if I have anything to add, about the movie that I've seen other movies I haven't seen. I'll, I'll say that I haven't seen them. And, um, probably a lot of people would be like, Oh shit, you haven't seen that movie. Damn. Cause like some of them are big movies. I just never seen, but like, um, maybe I will. That's the thing about a movie. They're not going anywhere. You can watch them whenever. So, um, and now I'm more interested in these type of movies too. Cause I'm like, what the fuck is this agenda being pushed? But, and then, yeah, so, and, and I'll mention, it mentions that, that other Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. So I'll probably end by just talking about that one. And uh, anyways, here's, here's the list. Okay, so this is an article written by Drew Grant, published May 5th, 2019. It's my wife's birthday, May 5th. You know, it's funny. I've when in researching this this uh this episode I kept running into these little synchronicities where it's like this article was written on my wife's birthday another article that I just happened to read was written on my birthday and then another YouTube video was by made by somebody named Sloan um which is my name and like I don't know those are like not that weird but the thing is if you like it's one of those things where like I noticed the one and then I noticed the other. And then by the third one, you're like, wait, what? Like, I don't know. It's just weird. But those are just little, little synchronicities that I like. It kind of, in a way, it kind of like tells me like, oh, you're on the right track. Like, keep, keep going. Read this shit. Because like, you'll scan something and be like, should I read this? And it'll be like, oh shit, it was written on my birthday. Yeah. Okay. I'll read it. And then it ends up, you know, anything you read, anything you experience, anything you take in, you get a little something from, even if it's like a shitty article or like a shitty book or I don't know, you try not to waste your time with shit, but like, I don't know if there's truly, truly a waste of time because like anything you do, you get something from, you know, you learn a lesson. If anything, you just learn that you fucking hate that shit and you're not going to do it again. But like you always, I don't know, just weird. It's weird with life experiences in general. It's like, it's crazy because like a lot of the time you, you think you perceive a situation as good, something that would help you and you think, oh shit, I'm lucky. This is great. And then it ends up like not being as cool or, or vice versa where you're like, you think, oh man, I'm fucked. 
And then whatever situation you find yourself in actually ends up helping you. So it's like, I don't know. I'm telling you, it might come down to this weird, this weird realm that we live in and we're being fucked with by like eternal beings. I mean, that's just one. That could just be one thing that's going on. I don't know. Anyway, so this, this article published May 5th, 2019 by Drew Grant on collider.com. I don't C O L L I D E R.com. And it's called, the article is called the best movies on avoiding deals with the devil. He says fiction, religion, art, literature are full of big red honking stop signs when it comes to making devil's bargains, especially when they involve actual demons from the underworld. And while there have always been movie adaptations of these tales, cinema has created some of the most visceral and original stories on the matter, whether it be Al Pacino chewing the scenery as John Milton in the devil, the devil's advocate or Orson Welles final performance, Orson Welles, Orson Wells final performance in the Transformers movie. I don't know. There are best movies that really teach us what's at stake when we make deals with the devil. Okay. So the first movie they talk about and one of the most famous movies about this subject, actually, there's actually a lot of famous ones that were real old movies, like old, old movies. I don't know. They might mention them in this article, but as far as like relatively recent movies, modern movies this is the most famous one is the devil's advocate now i haven't seen this movie but it's a classic and i intend on watching it especially now um actually uh this has al pacino and keanu reeves keanu reeves is in a couple of these movies they're going to mention so i think he has some, i think he certain actors like i don't know tom hanks will smith keanu reeves Certain people always do certain movies where you're like, okay, I see, you know something, you know, they know something. But anyways, would you make a deal with the devil if he also was a lawyer? (laughs) If he also was your lawyer? How about your dad? That's essentially the premise of 1997 supernatural courtroom thriller, The Devil's Advocate. Satan is Al Pacino going by John Milton, a partner of a top New York law firm, in a movie that is just about as subtle as 90s era Pacino himself. Uh, a young Florida defense attorney, played by Keanu Reeves, takes the Faustian job offer, moving his wife to New York and into Milton's Manhattan high rise. When he finds himself defending a whole slew of hellbound humans, Kevin learns he himself is both the Antichrist and first line to take over the firm. Okay, then they talk about a movie called Angel Heart. I haven't seen, but it has Robert De Niro. I guess it was made in 1987. Supernatural Neo-Noir. That sounds cool. Needful Things. Um, Whatever. Rosemary's Baby. Okay, so this is a classic horror film made by Roman Polanski who is a pretty famous pedophile who got caught. I think he was like fucking some girl in Jack Nicholson's jacuzzi or something like that. I don't know. I'm not super familiar with the whole Roman Polanski story, but I know he's been on the run, Uh, not on the run, but I know he can't come back to the U S 
and he's a really famous director and all these elite Hollywood types all still just love him and they don't mind that he's a pedophile or whatever. Convicted too. I don't even think that's like, you know. But anyways, so in Roman Polanski's classic horror film, Mia Farrow plays Rosemary. And for people that don't know, this is Sloan talking. Uh, Mia Farrow is the subject of this new movie out right now or documentary talking about how her, I guess, ex-husband, um, Woody Allen, the director, like, I guess he was a pedophile supposedly and like molested one of Mia Farrow's daughters. I don't know. You see a reoccurring theme here, but anyways, so in Roman Polanski's classic horror film, Mia Farrow plays Rosemary a young mother-to-be who discovers what real New Yorkers already know. If you, want to be a brown, if you want a brownstone with Central Park views, it'll cost you your firstborn child. Okay, so let me pause for a second. So a brownstone in New York is like a really, I guess, expensive um, apartment or whatever or condo or house. And it's in a New York neighborhood that the only way to get it is to make a deal with the devil. And the deal is to give him your firstborn son, whatever. Rosemary um, didn't make the deal, but it was made by her wannabe actor husband, played by John Cassavetes. I think that was my friend, my friend's grandpa. But anyways, um... So I guess that's an interesting point. You don't, you don't even have to be the one to make the fucking deal. Like you're, if your parents made a deal with the devil, then you're fucked or whatever. You know what I mean? That shit could be transferred like these deals. So that's another interesting point that is not often thought of because people are like, Oh, I shouldn't make this deal with the devil. Great. Yeah. Maybe it's already been made. Maybe you're already fucked. You know what I mean? Some of these people that are in like bad situations might want to ask themselves like, am I being fucking fucked with by a, demon you know uh might need to get an exorcism or something like that but anyways so i'm gonna go on reading in exchange for rent controlled views and successful acting career guy allows his new occult neighbors full access to his wife's womb rosemary soon figures out something is not right but gaslighting a hysterical pregnant woman who believes she's carrying satan's spawn doesn't exactly require supernatural interference Okay, going on. The next movie they talk about is Star Wars. Okay, so yeah. Uh, What length would you go to keep something terrible happening from someone you love? Well, not the devil per se. Uh, Emperor Palpatine is as close as you're going to get in Star Wars. Uh, From A New Hope to Return of the Jedi, he's the embodiment of darkness trying to to seduce a fresh-faced Luke Skywalker into using the Force for evil like his father, Darth Vader, before him. But before he was emperor, Palpatine was just a middle-aged galactic senator who just happened to be really good at deal-making, like Frank Underwood in Outer Space. In the prequels, he convinces a young Jedi-to-be to become a Sith Lord in order to prevent his wife's death during childbirth. She dies anyways. The Sith Lord's name, Anakin Skywalker. So, yeah... Uh, George Lucas was really well aware of these, you know, mystery religions and the Kabbalah, whatever the fuck. And um, I think, like I said, these are old archetypes. These are old stories, you know, 
stories that keep getting told and he did a good job of he did his shit um of telling the story you know and he got rewarded for it fuck anyways i'm talking about george lucas but like i'm saying like this these guys are clever and they're really good imaginations and how to tell the story but it's not like they came up with the story the shit is fucking the shit it's an old like i said tale as old as time anyways so i'm gonna go on with this article now they talk about the avengers um many cultures and religions have a version of the devil and the fool the marvel cinematic universe turned a norse trickster god loki for both roles um i'm not gonna read about this bullshit uh phantom of the paradise oh yeah i guess the phantom of the opera was also about this faustian uh pact uh barton fink was a coen brothers movie from early 90s i've never saw it uh imaginarium of dr parnassus i'm going to talk about last hercules this is cool like this is right here I I never even watched Hercules, but it's a Disney movie full on about fucking angels and the gods of, you know, Greek mythology. So obviously, you know, saving a loved one from eternal damnation is a noble and oft used reason for invoking the devil. In this 1997 Disney adaptation of the Greek myth, a young Hercules is just your average teenager who happens to have superhuman strength. Uh, after falling in love with Hades, double agent, whatever, Megara, Hercules willingly forgoes his powers in exchange for her safety. Uh, blah, 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 whatever. So, yeah, that's Disney trying to tell the story. Uh, okay, so now it talks about the movie Constantine. I did see this movie, and it's badass. It's Keanu Reeves, basically, you know, as fucking John Constantine. Uh, he's been able to see angels and demons his entire life, most of which is spent in fear of damnation thanks to an early suicide attempt. After finding out that he's terminal lung cancer, Constantine tries to win over God's favor by performing exorcisms, only to be told that it isn't enough to get him into heaven, since he's doing it for purely selfish reasons. Constantine cuts a deal with the devil, offering up intel about satan's son's plan to usurp his father in hell later he strikes another bargain to trade his soul for an innocent person's trapped in hell it's a trick constantine's trade counts as a selfless act so the devil can't claim him an understandably irritated satan then cures constantine of his cancer in the hopes that longer lifespan will cause the detective to damn himself once again that's the thing that's another theme where it's like the devil doesn't care about like a time frame like it shows in the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. It's like, you think you might have beat the devil, but in actuality, he fucking won. Like, he's always... It's never good to fuck with these dark forces, meaning, like, you're always going to lose out, you know? Like, there's no winning. Um, the only way to win, at least in this realm, is the path of love and light. Um, good thoughts, good words, good deeds, and you know, helping people out, uh, unless that is helping them to do something evil, in which case you would be an accomplice. But anyways, the next movie they talk about is the 2000 from the year 2000 and it's called Bedazzled. (laughs) It's a remake of an older movie, but 
uh, it was a Harold Ramis movie, and it paired Brendan Fraser with Elizabeth Hurley, two people that were fucking huge at the time. Actually, Brendan Fraser, this is a side note, he recently made a movie called The Whale. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently it's really fucking good. And I guess he's really fat in it, but I don't know. He's, you know, I like Brendan Fraser, so I'm glad that he's back up acting and shit. Because I heard he, my wife was telling me that he had gotten blacklisted from Hollywood for, I guess, being one of the original Me Too people. Like, talking about how he got molested or something like that. I don't know anything about that. All I know is that I'm glad he's making movies again. But this movie, Bedazzled, is exactly about this Faustian pact. Um, in this movie, Elizabeth Hurley plays Satan and, uh, Brendan Fraser, uh, let me just read this. So this bedazzled doubles down on the pratfall hijinks and toilet humor while somehow managing to be only half as funny, whatever. Just as in the original Fraser's character, Elliot makes a deal with the devil in exchange for seven wishes. But Elliot is dope, is a dope who just keeps plunging plugging along like he's never seen Aladdin with each wish, just a variation on the fame and fortune concept. However, Elliot's final wish is a selfless one, which voids the contract. He goes back to his terrible life, doesn't get the girl, but remains friends with the hot lady devil. Okay, whatever. There is one funny scene. I remember from bedazzled because I did watch that. It was a big movie in 2000. Um, and he, he wants to be an NBA player. So she makes him an NBA player. But the thing like the catch is that he has a really small penis. So that just shows you the, uh, the level of uh, comedy anyways. Uh, okay. So then, Oh brother, where art thou is another Coen brothers movie that's on this list. Now I haven't seen this, but this movie was like my dad's favorite movie. He fucking loved this movie. Um, so I'm just going to read a little bit of the synopsis music and freedom have, their co- have their costs, at least in O oh Brother, Where Art Thou? In this Coen Brothers take on the Odyssey, which follows three escaped convicts uh, as they run from the law and try to recover some buried loot, along the way the man, the characters meet the main characters meet Tommy Johnson, a young black man who sold his soul to the devil for musical abilities. Johnson's description of Satan's big empty eyes are a clear reference to Sheriff Cooley who wears a pair of mirrored sunglasses that are often seen reflecting licks of flames. Cooley seeks to claim the souls of three escaped convicts, so you get two times the devil in for the price of one. Uh, then they talk about some old movie called Stay Tuned, uh, the movie called The Witch, or I guess it's uh, The Witch? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Witches of Eastwick. This is a movie I haven't seen but I want to. It looks fucking dope. It looks like it was like an 80s movie. Okay, let me read about this a little bit. Divorce, death, and desertion have left Cher, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Susan Charand. Damn, let me fucking drink some water. One second. All right, this is an all-star cast here. Cher, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Susan Sarandon without husbands in a religious town that does not tolerate unmarried 30-somethings in Witches of Eastwick. Getting witchy one night, the women pray for the perfect man and thank the Dark Lord in blows their savior, Daryl Von Horn, played by Jack Nicholson. 
So this is fucking Cher, Michelle Pfeiffer, Susan Sarandon, and Jack Nicholson. It's fucking sick as fuck. Man, I'm telling you, this era, that era, it's like the era of Hollywood, like right before me, like I guess in like the 70s and 80s, seems like so fucking nuts. Anyways, okay, so the trio are soon shacked up in Horn's palatial estate, sharing the love and revenge that only a rich, horny devil can provide. Still having powers isn't the same thing as being empowered, and after deciding they no longer want to live under the house rules of Fifty Shades of Hades, the coven blows Horn out of town by using his own dark magic against him. So yeah, theme of dark magic, the devil, sex, sex magic, you know, typical Hollywood. Uh, Then they talk about a movie called Starry Eyes, I don't know, Damn Yankees. The Devil with Hitler, Dr. Faustus, oh, Spawn. Okay, so Spawn was a comic book, an image comic book by Todd McFarlane uh, from like the 90s. It's real badass. I have, I'm not even into comic books and I have a bunch of Spawn comics just because they made toys, like action figures, and the whole theme of Spawn is that He's made a deal with the devil. Anyways, I'm going to read about it real quick. But the movie is fucking sick. It's one of those movies that like, yeah, as a kid, if they're going to make a comic book movie, this is before all the Marvel movies. This is before any Marvel movie. I mean, any modern Marvel movie. Um, like this movie, you, you, you don't, you're like, you don't want them to fuck up the character or whatever. And this movie is did so fuck. It was so good. I thought, I don't know, just my opinion, but. Okay, so this is what the article says. After you die, at what lengths would you go to get back to Earth? As early as Dante's Inferno, the answer has always involved some kind of hellish odyssey. In Spawn, based off of the Todd McFarlane comics, in exchange for leading the Army of Darkness to Armageddon, former black ops agent AI... Oh, oh, sorry. Al Simmons, played by Michael Jai White, gets to return to Earth where he immediately defects to fight for the good guys. Spawn is mostly remembered today for John Leguizamo's bizarre dedication to his role as the Violator, a creepy hell clown from a comic book movie. Not even Satan himself would be as baroque as to demand that the actor eat live maggots on set, but Leguizamo absolutely did that anyways. Shouts out John Leguizamo, who was just in the Encanto movie. He plays Bruno. That My, my son, just I, he plays that movie on a loop. So good for John Leguizamo, a Colombian. Anyways, yeah, he played the Violator. Fucking sick. Anyways, and then the... Let's see. The next movie they talk about is Tenacious D, Pick of Destiny, which is hilarious. Um, it's like, you know, the boys... The Tenacious D boys, Jack Black and Kyle Gass, they make a deal with the devil or whatever, and then they, they have to fight for their souls. This one... Uh, Funny note, so the devil in this movie is played by Dave Grohl. And I did an episode a couple months ago about the death of the Foo Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. And I talk a little bit about Dave Grohl and his obsession with demonic shit. He made a movie called Studio Studio 666 when um, 
And then really not that long afterwards, his drummer died of, I guess, an apparent overdose, I think. Anyways, it was really weird. And Dave Grohl is all into this occult shit. And he plays the devil in that movie. Moving on, Little Shop of Horrors, 1986, with Rick Moranis. That's a good movie. Steve Martin. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. The Pirates of the Caribbean movies introduced the concept of nautical underworld, an entire universe of ocean ghosts lorded over by the nautical devil himself, Davy Jones. Davy Jones is the antagonist throughout the second and third films. Um... He is in the habit of making Faustian bargains with sailors on the brink of death, tricking them into joining his immortal crew for all eternity. See, that's a similar similar theme to that Dr. Parnassus where the devil tricks Parnassus into a life of eternity, like an eternal life. Like he tricks him into one, like, I don't know. I'll talk about it in a second. But this article says that despite being the main baddie of the first film, Hector Barbosa becomes a team player in an effort to save Captain Jack Sparrow, played by Johnny Depp, who's also in Dr. Parnassus. But anyways, Sparrow has previously made a deal with Jones to raise his ship from the ocean's dregs, and Jones always comes to collect, unleashing the monstrous Kraken on Sparrow to balance his soul ledger. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Ghost Rider. That was a famously bad Marvel movie that I didn't watch, but I did like the comic book character Ghost Rider, who um, I guess is played by Nicolas Cage in this movie. But like I said, I didn't, I didn't watch it. But that just goes to show you that um, that's another Marvel movie that's on this list. And then they talk about Hellraiser and. Wishmaster. This Wishmaster movie sounds fucking nuts. Um, I don't know. It's an old movie by Wes Craven. And then they talk about Transformers. I don't know. That's about it. But like, I don't know. I'm getting bored of this article. But anyways, you get the idea. It's fucking this Faustian pact or the whatever. The bargain with the devil is just that's a that's a theme that just keeps on giving in Hollywood and one that they're not afraid to overuse, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm just scratching the surface. There's so many fucking demonic movies and shows like, just like, there's so many. And then, so anyways, this Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus was Heath Ledger's last movie he died during the filming of it. I guess they had only filmed, he had only, they'd only filmed like half the movie or like not even half the movie when he died. And, um, I looked a little bit into Heath Ledger. I was thought about doing a whole episode on him, but like, I don't know. It just seems like despite what, uh, whatever Dennis Quaid's brother, Randy Quaid was talking about how there's a whole cabal of Hollywood, what he calls his star whackers. And that, um, Heath Ledger was actually killed or murdered by some like like Heath Ledger was some kind of sacrifice or something. But honestly, the, when I look into it, it just seemed like he just died. Like he just OD'd. He took like five different prescriptions. I think they said that they were all prescribed to him, but there is a little bit of shady business um, involving some oxycotton's. I think, which a lot of people think that he got from Mary Kate Olson. 
uh, one of the Olsen twins from Full House or whatever. Uh, and, you know, I didn't even know how fucking rich those Olsen twins were, but Jesus Christ, talk about a witchcraft. Man, they must be a, they must be some powerful witches or they know one because they've been in Hollywood forever. Anyway, so I guess Mary Kate was hooking up with Heath Ledger at the time, apparently. It seems like they were hooking up or at least they were really good friends. Um, and I think what Mary Kate was telling Heath Ledger, cause he was having problems sleeping, I guess, or whatever. And I think she probably was just like, fuck sleep, sleeping, dude, just pop a couple of these fucking call me in the morning, you know, like whatever. Don't even talk. Don't even worry about sleeping. You know, this is fucking Hollywood. So the idea is that she gave him some, some oxys. He mixed that with like sleeping pills and all kinds of fucking other shit. Like, like I said, he was on like five different things when he died, but like his family was saying that he had been prescribed that shit or whatever. So it just seems like, I don't know. He was young. He was 28 years old. Heath Ledger. It was a tragedy. I think he just fucked up. I mean, that shit's pretty common nowadays with like fentanyl and stuff. So like, I'm not even that surprised, but it sucks. He was such a good actor. That was, that's like the one, that's like, there's two things you take away from the movie, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. The first thing is that Tom Waits plays an amazing fucking devil. Like the part was perfectly cast for Tom Waits. It's, it's perfect. He plays the devil. Um, and then, uh, Dr. Parnassus is like an old monk that I guess he was like a monk, like a thousand years ago. And he's talking about this story, telling the story that I'm talking about right now, like this old tale as old as time. And then he's visited by the devil who makes this bet with him or whatever. And tr- kind of tricks Parnassus into, uh, becoming immortal. I guess the bet was like the first person who could attract 12 disciples wins. And it's funny because it shows how like Dr. Parnassus was Jesus or whatever, or, or a Christ-like figure and acquired these 12 disciples. He won, but then he real, he realizes he's been tricked because now he's immortal and you know, immortality is you, it's, got to be the most lonely thing because as soon as you make friends with somebody or whatever you fall in love you have a family and then everybody dies and you gotta start all over again you're all alone so so he's like i don't know he he's going around and what he's doing he has this thing called the imaginarium where he can have people go in and then the people get to kind of do some soul searching and they get to decide what they want to do do they want to follow the path of basically the devil like do they want to follow dark desires such as like alcohol or you know whatever promiscuous sex or that kind of stuff or would they rather like you know use their use their abilities for good like um be creative and um positive that kind of thing uh you get to choose uh you know choose the choose the good path choose the bad path whatever and um i don't know there's some really crazy things that have to have to deal with the like just the theme of like death you know and apparently the whole script was written before heath ledger died and and they talk about some real crazy shit like in this one scene okay so after heath ledger died they had to re 
redo the script a little bit and and three other actors cover like covered for for Heath Ledger like played his character and if you watch the movie they make it make sense um so Johnny Depp and um Colin Farrell and uh fucking what's his name and Jude Law um all filled in for Heath Ledger after he died and quick side note I guess they all donated the money they made from the film to Heath Ledger's daughter. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Christopher Plummer plays Dr. Parnassus. Anyways. Um, so in the scene that Johnny Depp is playing the character, Tony, so Heath Ledger's character is named Tony, right? But then after he died, Johnny Depp had to film some scenes that were supposed to be of his character. And one of the scenes is real crazy. They're talking about, they're talking about death and they're talking about here. I wrote it down. So, so basically there's this woman that is, she's decide they're deciding like, she's trying to decide where she wants to go. Is she going to follow the devil's path or is she going to follow the more enlightened Dr. Parnassus path? Right. And they call her the Louis Vuitton woman. It's basically like this rich woman. Um, and anyways, um, Anyway, so so Johnny Depp or whatever, Heath Ledger's character I'm just going to read what it is. So like they're at this they're at this crossroads, right? And um and there's this like boat that comes out and and all these dead people come like pictures of dead people are floating on this boat and it's like uh James Dean, Rudolph Valentino, Marilyn Monroe, Princess Diana, and, you know, the stream continues off into the distance. Uh, and then there's like a big Egyptian pyramid. The, the movie's full of like all kinds of uh, Freemasonic symbols and shit like that. Masonic symbols. But uh, that's, that's for another podcast. I'm not going to go into Masonic Freemasons right now. But anyway, so this is Johnny Depp or whatever. Johnny Depp's character. Johnny Depp and Heath Ledger's character says, You make a choice. And actually, to be honest, I'd strongly recommend this one. And he's pointing to like the, the good path. And then the woman says, but Rudolph Valentino, James Dean, Princess Di, all these people, they're dead. And then Johnny Depp says, exactly. To be reborn, first, you must die. All of them have achieved a kind of immortality. And we love them all the more for it. They won't get old or fat. They won't get sick or feeble. They'll all... They are beyond fear. They are forever young. They are gods and you can join them. And then he says, like one last thing he says, remember, nothing is permanent, not even death. And that's crazy. That's a crazy thing to think about. It's like, yeah, nothing is permanent. Everything in this, this, this realm that we live in is like a snapshot. It's like I have a garden. It changes every day. My kid, my son changes every day. I change every day. Everything changes. Like there's nothing you can set up in this world that will stay the same. Nothing. Even a fucking picture will start to degrade over time. Like everything is just a snapshot, right? So why would death be any different? Why would it be any different for for your experience? Death. Like it seems so final and finite, but like I mean life but I think there's something to that where it's like, nah, like everything is changing constantly, you know? And e- like, 
I, I don't know. I just don't see how death is so can be the only thing that's like absolutely final. You know, I don't think there is anything like that. I think you're always recycling your energy. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's an interesting. It's an interesting theme. And then, like, I guess one weird thing that happened was when Heath Ledger was still alive, he improvised or ad libbed a line where he was said that uh, he was like, "Don't shoot the messenger." And I guess Johnny Depp ad libbed the same line, said the same shit, like in an, in just just off the top of his head. He's like, "Don't shoot the messenger." So I think they left it in the movie, and then that the director of the movie and the writer Terry Gilliam was like. I don't know what the fuck that was, but it kind of was a sign to me that like this movie's somewhat writing itself. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Anyways, uh, this is over an hour, so I'm probably going to cut it. Um, I don't know. I had more to say about, do I have more to say about Heath Ledger? I don't know. It's a tragedy, man. He played the Joker before he died. Um, somewhat like like i said that archetype of the fool or whatever like the jester or whatever the joker um plays into this whole story i don't know maybe he was sacrificed you know but i think i don't know because a lot of those people that died at 27 they might have been murdered i don't know if a lot of them were attributed to drug overdoses like what i think it was kurt cobain and jim morrison and and uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know, there's there's conspiracy theories about all those people. So I don't know. I don't know. But but it sucks. Fucking Heath Ledger was dope. And um, but I don't know. He might if he survived that shit, he might have just killed himself with the new new drugs, you know. Oh, oh, one more thing. Speaking of designer drugs, when I was researching this and I was looking into his relationship with the Olsen or Mary Kate Olsen. It showed that I guess recently, or I don't know how recently, but she had come out with a handbag. I guess they make purses and handbags and shit like real high end designer handbags. They made one that cost 55 grand or $55,000. And it's like a black handbag. It's like real ugly, but it's like all black leather handbag. And it has like prescription pills all on the outside. And so people thought that was a little bit insensitive to have a $55,000 handbag with prescription pills all over it. And like, you're pretty much, everybody knows that you had something to do with giving the pills to Heath Ledger. Now I don't blame Mary Kate. Cause of what, what she's probably like, dude, fuck this fool can't ha- handle some oxys. What the fuck? She probably feels horrible about it. If she did have something to do with it, but I, I wouldn't say that shit's her fault. I don't think she was trying to kill fucking Heath Ledger. And if anything, I think she, he was the homie probably, but it's like anything else in this fucking Hollywood, man. They, they take shit to a different level. Drugs, rituals, religions, occult shit. I'm telling you, man, these people will do fucking whatever to, to stay relevant and to like try to get into the club, you know? So I don't even know if it's a club you'd want to be in, honestly. But anyways, okay, so that's that. And okay, so until next time, this is Bleezy reminding you to not make a deal with the devil and to try to remain positive.
Until next week. Why is it every move I make turned out to be a bad uh-huh. one? Where's my guardian name? Peace out. Need one, wish I had one. Yeah. I'm right here, shorty, and I'ma hold you down. Tryna fuck all these bitches, I'ma show you how. Okay. But who? Name D like you, but my friends call me Damien, and I'ma put you into something. Uh-huh. About this Damien, you and me can take it there, and you'll be the hottest nigga ever living. That's, That's a given? You'll see. Hmm. That's what I've been wanting all my life. All right, Thinking about my little man, so I call my wife. Well, your dad's about to make it happen. What you mean, my nigga? I'm about to make it rapping. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. You mean like Chucky? <laughs> yeah, just like Chucky. Dad, looks like we both fucky. Yeah, the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh, how you gonna see him if you living in the fog? Uh, the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh, how you gonna see him if you living in the fog? Uh, the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh, how you gonna see him if you living in the fog? Uh, the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh, how you gonna see him if you living in the fog? Uh, hey, O.D. What up, D? You just smooth, nigga. I seen you with nobody know who pulled the trigger. Yeah, you know, it's always overdue. You sure? I could've swore it was over a hoe. Nah, 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 that ain't my style. Nigga, you stay frightened, but you still my man. I ain't gonna say nothing. Got your weed, go ahead, smoke it. What? Go ahead, drink it. Work? Go ahead and fuck shorty. You know I can keep a secret. Aight. I'm about to have you driving. Probably it bends, but we gotta stay friends. Blood out, blood in. Sounds good to me. Fuck it. What I got to lose? Mm. Nothing I can think of. Any nigga would choose. Got me pushing the whip, taking trips across seas. Pocket state lace, nigga, I flush cheese. Well, that nigga, I will bleed. Give him my right hand. Now that I think about it, yo, that's my man. The snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh, how you gonna see him if you living in the fall? Uh, the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh, how you gonna see him if you living in the fall? Uh, the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh, how you gonna see him if you living in the fall? Uh, the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh, how you gonna see him if you living in the fall? You like how everything is going? You like what I gave you? Yeah. You know if you was going down, I'd be the one to save you. But yo, I need a favor. These cats across town hate uh-huh. me. Plus their behavior has it been too good lately? What? Anything for you, dog? Where them niggas at? 38 and boy. Right, let me get the gap. Run up on them strap. Bust off gaps and four niggas. Lay low for about a month and kill two more niggas. Now I'm ready to chill, but you still want me to kill. Look at what I did for you, dog. Come on, keep it real. Alright, fuck it. I'ma do it. Who is it this time? Hey yo, remember that kid showing used to be with in 89? Nah, that's my man. I thought I was your man. But yo, that's my nigga. Hey, who's your biggest fan? You could do it. Oh, give me your right hand. That's what you said. I see now. Nothing but trouble ahead. Uh huh. The snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh. How you gonna see him if you living in the fog? Uh. The snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh. How you gonna see him if you living in the fog? Uh. The snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh. How you gonna see him if you living in the fog? Uh. The snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. Uh. How you gonna see him if you living in the fog? In the fog, the fog, living in the fog. How you gonna see him? All right, everybody. Until next time. Love you.